0: According to Saint John. Glory to you, Lord On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because, the Spirit, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. <clears throat> Lord, we know uh, that your word is alive we know it is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting to the division of soul and spirit, deeply uh, into the pulse of our life, and we pray that your word would come and like the, like, be like the water and the rain and the snow, and that would enter us to make us fruitful, um, and that it would not return into Lord, tonight. Your word speaks to us. Uh, Open our hearts and give us a a fresh keenness, a newness to receive what you have for us. Uh, We might leave from this place um, with a new song, uh, a new joy. The married men of God are married, where there is no marriage. Thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know about y'all, are y'all as full as I am. Uh, it's been like drink, drinking from the Niagara Falls. Um, and not just the words, but the hearts, the presence and uh, the beauty of God's creation, creation, redemption, presence of Christ, new friends, old friends made new. Um, you know I could go on and on, but it's so it's just been so fantastic. Um, tonight, when we do one thing. We have two mighty readings, um, and they they are like companion pieces with the with the, the parable of the vine we've been working with, and it, kind of symbiotically I think work off each other. And tonight, here's the deal. Here's what we're being invited to is to deeply dive into and let go and, and lose ourselves in an irresistible river. And that river is the river of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we've, we've dwelt with Christ. We've, uh, we've ferreted out uh, false vines. We've come in new ways to uh, fit ourselves and relax and working to full capacity in a relaxed state of grace. Uh, being, being, uh, just leaning upon the grapevine. Mm-hmm. And now the fruitfulness and leaving, beginning to leave, hate to say it, but to to receive now the promise of, of what God desires to do in us. Um, not just a sporadic good conference that we have files and we yes. put them away and forget about them, but that he may live in us. And, and the Lord speaks of this in, in this way. Very familiar passage again. But uh, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Uh, for as, as the Spirit says, um, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. That's the image. This image we have here from John's image that Charles read from, uh, from Ezekiel 47. We're going to get to. Where does it begin? Christian life never begins with anything that we do, humanly constructed, well-imagined, best intentions. It kind of begins with a great collapse, a wonderful laughter of collapse. And it is this. uh, The never-ending place, according to this, is just, are you thirsty? The requirement for you to come into the Holy Spirit's life, you know what it is? It's exhaustion. It's depletion. It's not having it together. It is, it is the ache that you have tried to fix that you can't fix. Uh, it is the loves that we've gone to that are not quite the, the first love. Uh, WBH said that man is in love and that love vanishes. When we're in love with the wrong things, man is in love, women do. And, and that love banishes. And so he comes on the great feast of, of Pentecost, uh, commemorating all the dry walk and all the complaining and all the hardship uh, from time to time, obedience, but the, the formation and the discipline getting through the desert and how God has been so faithful in, to the Israelites walking through that time, bringing water in the deserts where there is no water. And so that's the great feast. And on the last day, Jesus stands up and he has a huge golden pitcher. We know this because we know what the last day of the feast is. And it's been described, I think, in Josephus. But he takes that pitcher of water and pours it all over the water, the, the temple, um, the the, uh, the, ar- the altar in the temple. And it says, it he says in a loud voice, anyone who's thirsty, that's you. That's me. It's just a such a great place to begin because he comes to us where we are. Um, drink of this water. Come to me. What do you do with your thirst? Great question. We're all thirsty. We're spiritually thirsty, emotionally thirsty. Relationally, what do you do with it? It says, come to me. You've tried other places. Come to me and drink, he says. Uh, and then out of our hearts will flow living water. Just let that work on you a little bit. Um, the healed heart. it's actually not the word cardia, it's a different word, but it means the deepest place. It's like the womb. It's like where things are born. Mary's womb, This is this is this is this is the word that's used here. And when emotionally we open up and bring the hurts and pains and losses and disappointments of our life, then things begin to to find healing, and all the rust is is moving out, and all the hurt and all the constriction, and we find ourselves just with Michael talking about the self, 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 self. That begins to move out of the way, and the miracle happens. This is the promise that when we receive Him, and that healing begins to to move through us, uh, then we become streams, rivers of living water. Um, for others. This is so powerful. This is why I want us to thank you, you. What I just said you know. I'm reminding you. But here's another thing I want to remind you is that we're the type of people because we're like the people in the Bible who want to take the blessing that we receive from God and the problem is that the, we want to hold it as private treasure or, or as a, you know, personal experience or uh, you've been one of those people that you've seen and, and know, in church, you've been that person who has received something like the, you know, the the all-breaking power of an Easter day and walked out and just never let it flow forth. And it stopped, the river stopped in the middle, which is in the middle of us. That's, I mean, I've lived my life that way. A lot of my life. I I know about the thirst, I know I want to get the healing, But somehow or another, I never got the message that the whole point was that it was meant to be a beautiful, sparkling, cool, real-deal river in the lives of other people flowing to them. There's a commentary on John's Gospel, this great classic by an Archbishop of Canterbury, William Temple. And just listen, it's not long. Two sentences. He's writing about this, and he says, "He, He who trusts in Christ... Not only receives the water of life that springs up to eternal life. That's the woman at the well. Remember her? Drink of that water. World, water this world, you'll thirst again. You know that'll all be written over everything we have. You just thirst again. Get more of that. You know that's fly rod that Orvis comes out. Next year's a better one. Um, you know that. Time. And and uh, springs to eternal life but becomes the source of that gift to others. For no one can possess the Spirit of God and keep that Spirit to himself. And listen to this. William Temple says, where the Spirit is, He flows forth. If there's no flowing forth, He's not there. That challenges me. That, that haunts me. That gets my attention. Because I, I've been a person. just Truth in Advertising... That you know have wanted more and more of God, complained I didn't have more and more of God, searched and everything. Then when the blessing comes, it the river stopped in the middle. Uh, and you know our deepest joy, of our deepest joys, is, is to allow that river to come through. First uh, John says, um, you know, um, you know um, what we've seen, what we've. Heard what we've touched with our hands, we've gazed upon with our eyes. We bring to you the word of life, that your fellowship might be with us and with the Father and the Son. And here's that flowing river of life, and then that last from the first verse, from the fourth verse, is it begins that, so that our joy might be full. It's 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 clear enough that the joy that they receive is a marvelous joy for themselves when the gospel connects through our bringing a river somehow into other people's lives. But he's saying our joy is like a stillbirth unless it finds its way through into other people. It, it's a song left unsung. It's a, it's a bridge that doesn't connect to the other bank. Um, and so uh, we, we have this uh, marvelous passage and if, if you just think, because you know, how many times you've had amazing experiences of, of, of Jesus working in your life, the triune God, work in your life, deliver you from the pit, bring you forgiveness, crown you with goodness, bring you the satisfaction of Psalm 103. You had that, but it has sort of died in your life. It's gone into the private archives and never made it public. The smile never came for other people. Can you imagine if down the hallway of history, everybody had been that way? There'd be no Handel's Messiah. There'd be no Le Mis. There'd be no Psalms ever written. They just died in the darkness. No Fernando Ortega. No John and Luke and Matthew and Mark would see the light of day. No woman at the well running into town saying, I've just got to tell you, River Run It Out, I've just got to tell you who I'm at, I'm not a person who knows everything about me. And he's the the source of life. And I want you to come out and meet him. Remember that. Um, That cataract of grace, um, you know, going forth from our lives. Um, How do we let that river surge into us and through us and beyond us? so that it becomes a cataract in us and um, we feel so ad- inadequate and fragile to be that and to do that. I think Ezekiel that we had tonight, uh, chapter 47, when to sort of end on that, gives us in Ezekiel's vision. It's a prophetic vision for the people of Israel who are in the exile and uh, who see no way forward. And so Ezekiel is given this amazing picture. Uh, It's when the temple is deserted, and it's just a a bleached, uh, dim ruin where the glory of God used to be. But suddenly Ezekiel is sliced open. He begins to see God taking those ruins and filling it all with the glory and the amazement and the living water of the living God And if you remember a little bit about the reading you just heard, he looks over and it starts small, it starts dimly, you know, imperceptibly, and all it says, you know, trickling, trickling out of the temple, which is deserted, something begins to happen. And the water begins to come, and it becomes a little stream trickling, and it's going east. The temple faces east, down into 3,000 feet high, Jerusalem is. Some of you have been there know that. And you look down and you go east and what you're looking at, you know, is the Dead Sea. And so this water begins to trickle and it begins to well up and it begins to move and it begins to get fuller. And so uh, the, the uh, um, God brings a man that, that has a, um, a measuring line. He pulls him out and he says, come with me. Let me show you something. They begin to walk in and it's just a little screen gets up to his ankles, it covers his ankles, it cleanses his ankles, it it owns his ankles, it gives him a new way to go where he's not out of his life anymore. This is obediently where we're gonna go when you get in this river. Comes up to his knees. It's the only river in the world that gets bigger and deeper with no tributaries (laughs) because it comes right from the heart of God, from the temple, and you know who the temple is. The temple is the risen Lord, Jesus Christ as a river is flowing out of his life. We ante- see this by anticipation as Ezekiel is pulled on into this strange thing, comes up to his knees, covers his knees, fills his knees, reclaims his knees. He's given a new person to bow down to, the living God, and all his idols are cleansed. What you are going to do with your knees? And then he comes up, it goes deeper and deeper, and uh, comes up to his waist. And he begins to, to own and to master and, and, and heal and cleanse all his desires and drives like the Holy Spirit does with us. And then the best thing of all, it goes so deep. It says, no man, no man can cross it. I just love that. There's Ezekiel taken to a place. It's like the, the Holy Spirit. This is the river of the Holy Spirit where you can't manage it any. any. There's no management you bring. There's no deep comprehension uh, that masters this river. And so it says that it, he just loses himself in that river, a river he cannot cross. And suddenly he's floating in the river of God, um, filled with the wonder of the river, uh, not standing on anything of this world. And that's the place he gets taken. And that's the, that's, that's the prophetic... Uh, anticipation of what the words that we just heard from Jesus speaking to us. I'm going to give you a deep river. I'm pulling you into that river beyond what you can manage. And it's so beautiful. And you drown in it. And you come back alive. And it masters your life. It's filled with you. Um, and where does it travel? That's the thing that I want to get You want us to see it goes down into the Arabah. The Arabah. Um, Hebrew word. That's down into the Dead Sea, 3,000 feet descending, um, going down into that area of Israel that's emptied and exhausted and withered and abandoned and is just stained by death. If you've been down to to the Dead Sea, you, you stand there and look at it. It's beautiful. There's not a bird to be seen. It is the Dead Sea. There are no fish. And the promise is, as this river goes down, Listen, this is the promise for us. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, when He begins to move in us, bring healing in our hearts, moving through to other people, letting go of it being just filed away in private archives, river stopping halfway, but moving out into the lives of others. Where do we move? We move down into the dead places of people lives. life. That's what this is about. This is a river that takes us down into those bankrupt places um, down into the shadows uh, where the widow of Nain has lost her son where Peter has collapsed and broken down on the beach beside the charcoal fire where Mary and Martha stand beside Lazarus tomb, waiting in emptiness all those places is where Jesus desires to go and, and, and what, what Ezekiel says is this listen to this Wherever the river goes, whatever it touches, it lives. That's the the promise for us. Wherever it goes, as we let that river widen in us and we learn the joy of giving it away and new instincts of songs and release and prayer and lament alongside people, um, we... We will bring life because the river is in us. Now, I just wanna say two things One is, the way that that's gonna happen in us, you know, I've said this before, but one of the characteristics of water, it's always seeking the lowest place. I don't care where you put water on a farmland, where you put it on rice, where you put it in a cotton field. I've known farmers, the one thing you can count on where that water is over there, that's the lowest place. Water, Jesus, the living water, is always seeking the lowest place. And we'll have nothing to bring of that river unless we meet him at the lowest place in our life. Let, let him come to your lowest place as the living water to bring healing, and he will take our scars and touch us with his scars, and um, he will make us new, open us up. Um, The living water um, that wants to take all the broken things of our life and make them shine in his glory. Remember, every single tragedy in your life, every stain of failure, Every wrong turn and negative act, every character flaw on the planet is merely a testimony waiting to happen in your life because that living water will come and find you at that lowest place. And he is always the last word. Our failure is always the next to the last word. We treat as if it's the last word, defining word. But he is the Alpha and the Omega. Let him tonight. Let him in your life. Let him be the living water that comes down and opens you up to his water. And I just want to say, as you think about going home, as you think about our time here with friendships, as you think about what you're going to do with the dwelling in the vine, the dwelling in the vine is not just for us. But to open our hearts so that this river of grace of His Spirit can flow through us. When you go home, I'm just telling you there's someone waiting. Someone's in the Arabah. There's there's someone who is uh, down, hidden beside some dead sea. Someone is waiting. And remember, everything will live wherever the river goes. That's the promise. Go with Jesus. Go with Jesus down into the Dead Sea place. Don't go by yourself. (laughs) The river will be with you and in you. He will be the helper. um, Flowing with him. Um, I have a son two wonderful sons. One of my sons is, is a fairly recently ordained priest. He worked down at the cathedral for, for about two years in, in Charleston, the Anglican Cathedral. And he and a bunch of guys started church under the interstate. It was a church for homeless people. It's a church under I-26. You think about an unlikely place for a church. I mean, this, this, is, this is it. I mean, it has those ugly, molded, orange, plastic chairs. and I mean, it, it, but it is, it, it, it is so wonderful. I uh, have no idea who comes. And uh, he told me the other day, he said the other this was before COVID, he said the other day, I sat by a homeless man. And um, as the service started, he, he picked up his arm, and his David said, I don't know why I did this, but I picked up my arm, I put it around put it around him. And he noticed that as the liturgy began to flow on, this homeless man laid his head on his shoulder and closed his eyes. And there he stayed the entire service until the service was over. And when the service was over, he did not move. And David said, I didn't know what to do exactly, but I said, he said, I'm just going to stay as long as he stays. And he did. He stayed there with him. And when finally he rose his head, he looked up at David and he whispered, Thank you. It's been a long time since somebody's touched me. That's what it's like to take that river, go with Jesus down into the dead places, down into the Arabah down into the empty places, ugly orange chairs, beautiful children of God, and take that trickle from Jesus' side that becomes a river, that song and that laughter and praise crushing someone's hopelessness. And you want to go and take that river today. Be there with you.